morning, God, because it's not about us. It's all about you. So, God, whatever you want to do in this place, God, I give you permission to do in the name of Jesus. I thank you and I praise you, God, that healing is already here. I thank you and I praise you, God, that deliverance is already here. God, everything that we need is already here in this place. And the reason why I know is because you're here, God. God, we don't have to do anything to try to make you do anything because you have already done everything that needs to be done. So, God, on today, we receive your healing. We receive your deliverance. We receive your prosperity. We receive your joy in the name of Jesus. God, we receive your love on today. And we thank you for demonstrating your love, God, for proving your love. Even while we were yet still sinners, God, you died for us. So, God, we thank you, and we're so grateful for that on today. Now, Father, I thank you that it's no longer I who live because I have been crucified with Christ. And I'm living the life that I need to live according to him and not according to myself. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who has died for me. So, God, we thank you and we praise you. And, Holy Spirit, you are welcome to be our helper and our teacher on today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're still talking about um, living by faith, but before we go into that, I want to um, play this song because it's going to be part of the teaching that we're going to have on today. Um, Athea, could you play that song?
Bibles to Luke, the eighth chapter, and we're still teaching on living by faith. I don't know about you, but this is a teaching that can go on and on and on because this is how we're supposed to live now that we're born again. Okay, I want to start with verse Luke chapter eight. Y'all are from y'all are familiar with this i'm going to begin at verse 49 luke chapter 8 beginning at verse 49 and the word reads while he yet spake there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him thy daughter is dead trouble not the master but when jesus heard it he answered him saying Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. You may be seated. God um, gave me this passage of scripture because I was talking to him and I was saying, God, is so much going on now dealing with this pandemic and people are really on a high when it comes to this pandemic. Everybody is talking about it. They going on what the scientists are saying, they're going on what the news is saying, but they're not going on you. I say, 
Father, what do you want me to say during this time? He said, tell them, believe only. And I said, okay. Then he began to give me scripture, dealing with that. Whether or not y'all are aware of it or not, you're in a fallen world. You're in a world that's full of sin. You're in a world that all around us is death. You may not see it because some of us may be living like the world. We may think this is normal, but this is not the way God created it to be. And we as spiritual beings, I want you to hold on to this. Quit classifying yourself as a natural being. Even though you have a fleshly body, that's not who you are. And the biggest problem is, the Lord was sharing with me, he said, tell them to believe only. But then I began to say, okay, God, we're teaching living by faith. And we're teaching, you know, what the word of God says. And he began to tell me, he said, my people, first of all, have to know who they are and where they're from. If you don't know who you are and where you're from, you're living like a lost person, even though you're born again. So then he began to give me this, this scripture dealing with Jairus and, and his daughter and what had began to take place with this man. But God began to minister even the more on believe only. Sometimes we think we're in belief, but we're in unbelief. Because the thing that we magnify the most is what we believe. The thing that we talk about the most is what we believe. You can't say God out of one mouth and talk about the pandemic out of another. Not lest you put him in it to say, people got to understand there is fact. People are going to tell you what's happening right now in this world. You cannot deny that it's happening, y'all. If you deny it, you're lying. But one thing we do deny is, I'm in it. But I'm not of it. And Christians nowadays are being of something that they don't supposed to be of. You can be in the midst of something, but it won't touch you if only you believe. That's the only part we got to play. It's believing what he says. I'm going to throw this back in here again. God said, quit comparing me with man. Quit putting me beside man and saying I'm man. I am not man. I do not do what man does. God already worked all the kinks out before there were any kinks, y'all. God already worked everything out for pandemic, for every sickness, for every disease, for every sin, for everything that will ever pop up. God said, don't you realize I'm God and I took care of that beforehand by giving my only begotten son. He said, people looking at what I gave was nothing. They're taking my son and putting him in the place of man like his death mean nothing because during this pandemic, we're asking man, what do I need to do? We should know already what to do. Believe only. Every situation that come up in your life, he's saying believe only. Believe in what my word is saying. Stand on my word. Yes, this is happening, but I want you to stand on my word. If you allow people to talk in your ear, they're going to tell you what they believe, but it's not what you're supposed to be believing. They're going to tell you symptoms. They're going to tell you what the sign 
scientists are saying. They're going to tell you to shut up in your house. But that is not changing what's going on around you until you speak what you believe. And if you're not speaking what you believe, you're living according to death and not life. He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. We get so in tune with what the world is saying that we forget who we are and who we serve. My focus has to be on what he's saying. So when people come to me, I refuse to believe what they're saying, even though it's looking them right in the face. Because I know what God has already said. I know what God said he's already done. So why am I bringing natural into my supernatural, supernatural kill natural? We're supposed to shut it down. We don't supposed to entertain it. Yes, that's what they say. Yes, they say people are dying. But some of these deaths are not due to COVID-19. Some of the testing that they're testing is false testing, but we refuse to believe because we still believe man. And every day they say numbers are coming up. They tell you to wear your mask. We're wearing masks. We're being obedient, at least some of us, right? But they still can't control it because that's man. Man can't do what God has already done. God has already done everything through the blood of Jesus. There is life in the blood. And when we believe in him, we don't have no right believing in something else. We cannot be like a windshield wiper. Either we're going to believe what God says or we're not. You cannot have two masters. So as he took me more into the scripture, he began to show me this man, Jairus. Ajairus, however you pronounce his name. And when we go back up, let's look at verse 41. And see, sometimes we have to take the scripture and we have to really go through it to see what was happening. In verse 41, it says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. So God had me to stop there. A ruler of the synagogue is an administrative official with the duty of preserving the assembly, giving a person the right to read or to speak in the assembly. So he was a administrative um, official. That means that he had a high office. He was giving them the right to speak or read in that synagogue, and he was keeping order, basically, in the synagogue. But the word of God said he came to Jesus. This was a top official who came to Jesus. He didn't only come to Jesus, But he bowed down before Jesus. God said, I want you to stop right there. He said, in order for this man to bow down to Jesus, he had to recognize that Jesus was above him. He had to recognize that Jesus was above him, that Jesus had authority. You cannot go to Jesus any kind of way and think that you're going to get what he's already provided. You got to go to him in humility. You got to go to him knowing I belong to you. I submit myself unto you. He was submitting. He was yielding. He was obeying him to the point he just fell down and began to worship him in such a way. He said, it ain't about my title. It's not about what I do. 
I'm making this about you because I know you're the only one that can help me. If we haven't got to that point, we don't know him as God. We're not honoring him the way that we should honor him. This man was giving up the right of who he was. See, when we become born again, we're giving up ourselves. We don't belong to us no more. We belong to God. Our body belongs to him. We're his temple. So I'm saying, God, I'm no longer my own. I surrender all to you. I'm giving up all rights that I have to myself. You're my Lord. You are my master. What would you have for me to do? God, it's all about you now. It's not about me. I want to do what you would have me to do. That's the first step. But I believe some of us have not given up us. Some of us have not given up what we should do or how we should do it. When we give up ourselves totally, we will be so humble before him that we will know that he is divine and we are the branch. And without him, we are nothing. So every day we come to him, we say, God, I'm nothing without you. God, I can't do nothing without you. God, I can't even breathe without you. I can't even get up without you. God, I can't even say a word without you telling me what I need to say. God, I need you. See, when God hear you crying out and he truly know your heart and he truly know it ain't about your arrogance. It ain't about who see you, who hear you, who's attached to you. It's about bringing him glory. It's about letting your light shine before men so they can see his good works so he can be glorified in heaven. It is not about us. It's not about how people feel about you. It's not about how people talk about you because you're out to deliver the word of life, the word of God. So talk about me. Hate me. I'd rather for you to live instead of die in your mess. It ain't about me. We're making it about our feelings. We're making it about how family perceived me. Because you tell family truth and they turn away from you. Read the Bible. The Bible tell you, family's going to be upset with you. Father, son going to be against each other. Mother, daughter's going to be against each other. Families are going to come against each other. Why? Because you're bringing reconciliation. You're bringing the peace of God in the midst of a dying situation. So yes, I know I'm going to be hated, but I learned it's not about you. It's about lost souls out there that need him more than they need me. And when we realize that, that's when we start believing. So I want to ask you, are you really believing? Or are you just saying you believe? Because a person that really believes gives up them. It's all about his way of doing It's all about seeking ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his way of doing. And the Bible say all of these things shall be added unto you. Because if you're working for the kingdom, if you're going out being an ambassador for the kingdom, you're not going to satisfy folk. Because guess what? When you talk truth, evil is going to be present. Evil's gonna come out because you speak in truth. Darkness is gonna be revealed because light is coming in the midst of darkness. Come on, read your word.
Lord. So why are you trying to get alone with darkness? What you're trying to do is bring light so light, so darkness can bow down to the light. This is what was happening to this ruler of the synagogue. When he heard about Jesus, he came to Jesus. He was humbly submitting himself unto a God that he knew that could help him. Y'all, he didn't go to nobody else. He didn't go to the Pharisees. He didn't go to the Sadducees. He didn't go to the religious set. He came to Jesus, the one and only true and living God, that he said, I can trust you. I know you have what I need. And he began to present what was going on. He knew his daughter was at death. He knew nobody could help his daughter but Jesus. Have we got to the point during this pandemic that we only know that Jesus is the only one that can keep us? He ain't going to take you out of it. He's going to keep you through it to let people know I'm in the midst of them. My glory is surrounding them. Some of y'all want to be taken out of something, but he said, I want to leave you in the midst of it to let them know I'm God. I'm high. I'm lifted up. I'm exalted. Why are you sending everybody else home? My people are still standing. My people are still representing who I am. They're not bowing down. But you got people bowing down to evil, not to God. And we say, I believe him. When you believe him, you only bow down to him. You don't bow down to what the news is saying. Yes, I hear what you say, but you're supposed to counteract what they're saying and say, let me tell you what the word is saying. God, I bring peace in the midst of confusion. I bring it in the midst of chaos because you are God of peace. See, we're supposed to speak opposite to what they're speaking, but from what I'm told, we got Christians agreeing with what they're speaking. If they say, if you don't do this, you're going to die, people are doing it because they ain't ready to die. (laughs) In him, you'll never die because in him, you have eternal life. And even though your body leave this earth, you're still alive. That's what my Bible say. You never die in him. Eternal mean is it don't, it don't cease to exist. It is always existing. So even though your body is in the casket, that person is still living. That person is still alive. That's what eternal life is. But our problem is we don't want to give up what we come accustomed to, which is this earth. We don't want to give up our surroundings. Lord, I ain't done everything that I need to do. Lord, I ain't said everything that I need to say. So, Lord, I, I want to do a little bit more. Well, if you ain't won souls in 20 years, how many are you going to win now? If you ain't preached the gospel in 20 years, now you're ready to preach because a pandemic is coming. Come on, whatever's on your heart, it doesn't stop. You keep doing what you have always done. You don't stop because somebody tells you this is what you got to do. See, people trying to save their lives by cutting off truth. In some areas, they don't want you to sing no more. Some areas, they don't want people to come to your house no more and have Bible study. They're shutting it down. They're shutting down everything that they think that's going to keep people safe. That's man's way. If you're shutting down praise, 
The high praises of God. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. How can you shut down life? Because they don't know about life. So what we supposed to do? We supposed to give them life. And life come through the word. Somebody have to speak life in the midst of this dead situation. So this ruler of the synagogue humbled himself. Then God began to show me another man. Y'all familiar with this man? His name was Saul, but then he became Paul. Saul began to persecute the Christians, just like some of us are being persecuted now. Because we're in a building and we're representing Jesus. Some of us are being talked about. We're being ridiculed. We're doing things that we shouldn't do. We shouldn't be gathering together talking about Jesus because it'll bring more of the COVID-19 in the church. So we should cut that off. We should be in an open area. We shouldn't gather no more than this, no more than that. But everything else is going on. The malls are open. Bars are open. Gyms are open. Eating places are open. You go in the eating place, come in there with a mask, get you a little corner, take the mask off and eat and stay for two hours and it's okay. But you can't come in the house of God. Even getting people in the church minds messed up. People in the church quit coming to the house of God. But they ain't stopped going everywhere else. That tells me that the enemy is a trickster. And whatever we allow, that's what's going to happen. But this man, he came to Jesus. But Saul, known as Paul, he was persecuting the Christians. He was going to haul them off the prison. He wanted them locked up, y'all. He wanted them locked up. He wanted them shut down. Why? Because they wasn't saying what he wanted to be said. They was talking about a risen Savior. They was talking about life, and he was dealing with one of these sects. I think he was a Pharisee, right? But one day, he had an experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And on that road to Damascus in Acts 9, the word of God says that on that road, this is what began to happen. He saw a light. Let's go to the book of Acts. He saw a light that come down, that was shone down from above. And when he saw that light, the Bible says that, and he fell to the earth. Now see, he bowed down. The one that was ready to lock Christians up. When that light shined down from heaven, it said he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? Now I want y'all to understand that Lord means master. Lord means owner. So he already calling him his master. He already calling him his owner. Why? Because he fell at his feet. And he said, and the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, here he is again, master, owner, what would thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now look at this. Saul was somebody that was persecuting the Christians. But when he had an encounter 
with Jesus, when he had an encounter with the Lord, with his master, with his owner, he began to bow down before him. He began to call him Lord. He began to say, what would you have everything change? When you truly accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, immediately there's supposed to be a change. You don't supposed to be bowing down to this world. You don't supposed to be bowing down to what you want or what somebody else wants. Now he's your owner. He's your Lord. He's your Savior because you couldn't save yourself. Paul recognized that and he gave his life to him. That's when he said, I belong to you. I'm no longer my own. I surrender all to you. That's what it means. What would you have me to do? That's why in the natural, when you get married, when you come together, a male and a female come together in marriage the way God intended for it to be, then you belong to one another. You don't belong to nobody else. Your body don't belong to you no more. It belongs to your wife. The wife body don't belong to her no more. It belongs to the husband. He has say and she has say. It is a commitment, meaning that you came into that commitment because you trusted one another, because you said, this is the one that I want to spend the rest of my life with. This is the one that I'm committing myself to. This is the one that I can trust with my very life. This is the one I'm going to be with for better, for worse. This is the one I'm going to be with for richer, for poor. This is the one I'm going to be with until death do us part. This is the one that I'm making a commitment to and nobody else. My body don't belong to another man. I belong to the man I have married. People cannot tell me they fall out of love with nobody. You were never in love. Love is what keep you together. And the love that you have is the love of God. Because some of us get married with a lustful love. And after the lust is all overdone with and you done rolled all in the sheets. Now you don't want that no more because you had better. But see, when you have God's kind of love on you and in you, that kind of love, it sheds abroad. It comes from the heart. No matter what the woman do, no matter what the man do, baby, I'm going to love you through it. We're going to get through it together. It ain't about how I feel. It ain't about how fat you got or how fat I got. It ain't about all that. It's about loving you in spite of your weight, in spite of your attitude, in spite of. Because that's the God I serve. That's the same God that died for me. I wasn't right, but he loved me so much to lay down his life for me. But the problem is we can't submit to one another because we ain't submitting to God. When you submit to God, you can submit to whoever's in authority no matter what they do. Mm -hmm. Because you're doing it unto the Lord. You're not doing it unto them. So this is why we look at Paul. Paul submitted himself. He was ready to do what God wanted him to do. Not based on what he wanted, but what God wanted. And people did not see Paul that way because they knew the old Saul. They knew what he was doing before. They knew how he held the coats of those that stoned Stephen. They knew that he was there. They knew he was a persecutor. But guess what? When God sent Ananias and Ananias said, is this not the one? 
who was persecuting the Christians, basically Jesus said, who are you? He said, I have need of him. And he's going to go through some persecution. He's going to go through some things for my name's sake. But I know he's able to go through it. Because he know what persecution is because he was the persecutor. So when he's going through, he's going to remember when. When he persecuted those that didn't need to be persecuted. See, God know all about you. He know how you were before you accepted him. But he still didn't deny you based on your past. He accepted you based on his son. And that's how we got accepted. Not because you come to church. Not because you pay your tithes. Not because you visit people on a daily basis. Not because of your works. He accepted you based on what Jesus done and based on what you would never ever do. So we need to quit throwing people out because they make a mistake. We need to ask God, how can we help them? How can we build our brother and sister up? How can we help them to get back in that place that they need to be with God? And that's not beating them on the head. Telling them, you should have, you could have, you would have. Why didn't you do this? Jesus didn't do us like that. He loved us unconditionally outside of us. So Jesus loved Paul outside of what Paul was doing to the Christians. He said, if you persecute them, you persecute me. So see, I learned, you ain't hurting me, you hurting your father. If you coming at me, you already done come at him. You digging a ditch for yourself. You digging a hole for yourself and you're going to fall in that hole. And sometimes we got to fall in order to get back up and realize there is a God. See, God will show us ourselves in many ways because we open the door. Sin lies at the door, y'all, and wait on us. But God said the first thing is in believing, believing only, is submitting yourself to him. It's making a commitment. See, when you believe, you trust God. You obey God. You yield to God. You leaning and you depending on him and him alone. And y'all, sometimes that can be kind of tough. And the reason why it's kind of tough is because some of us know his works but don't know his ways. Some of us always want to see a sign before we believe him. That's not believing him. Believing him is saying, God, I don't have to see nothing to know that you're still God. Because regardless of what the natural is saying, you're not going to change because you said you changed not. You're the same today, yesterday, and forever. So regardless, if I don't see nothing in the natural, I know it's already done supernaturally. So I'm going to stand on the unsane and not the same. So that's what believing is. So when we submit ourselves to God, the Bible says, Submit yourself to God. That's the first step. That means yield to him, obey him. And then the next part in James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil. You cannot resist him until you are yielded, submitted to God, and obeying what God said. Because if you ain't obeying what God said, you done submitted yourself to God. And in order to do that, you got to be in a humbly state to say, God, it's not about me. It's not, it's not about how I look right now. It's about humbly submitting myself to you. When you do that, you're doing it according to his word. So see, the devil is getting inroad into our lives because we're not submitting to God. We're not obeying God. We're not yielding to what God is telling us to do. 
Whatever the word tells you to do, this is what Mary told the people when the water was turned into wine. She said, whatever the words say, whatever Jesus say, just do it. And by them doing it, they got results from it. So we have to submit to him. The devil knows if I can get you out of submission to him, I got you. Then when you go in the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, it said, whomever you yield your members to, that's whom you're going to obey. You yield your members to sin or you yield your members to righteousness. But whomever you yield to, that's whom you obeying. Some people say, I don't obey the devil. But if you ain't yielding to God, yes, you are. If you're not yielding to what his word is saying, then you're yielding to Satan. And he knows this. He is a trickster. So what he's going to do, he's going to turn the word of God around. So when we're standing on the word, when we believe in the word, that means we're saying, God, I commit myself to you. The Bible say, commit your way unto the Lord. That means roll, roll everything over to him. That's everything that you're going through, commit it unto the Lord, roll it over to him, trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You get it? First, you got to commit it. That means, God, I can't do this. That's humbly submitting yourself. That's yielding to his authority. That's yielding to his way. God, I can't do this. God, I need your help with this. God, show me what to do. Show me how to do it. Show me which way to go. And God, that's the way that I'll go. So you roll in everything over to him. The Bible said, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Why are we holding on to cares when the Bible tell us to roll it over to him? See, when we're rolling it over to him, we're being obedient to what the word is saying. But when you ain't rolling it over to him, you in pride now because you think, I got this. I can handle this. I'm going to do it this way. And you find out your way is not working. Then you done messed up everything. But sometimes we do things because it fit us for that moment. But later on we find out that's not what God wanted me to do. See, it's easy to do something when money is in the bank. Amen? It's easy to do something when you haven't gotten a bad report. Amen? It's easy to live a life that way. But I want you to understand as a spirit being the bible says that the peace that he leaves unto us is not as the world peace his peace give us a quietness a calmness a stillness while we in the storm if you're waiting on stuff to settle then you got a world peace see the world right now during this pandemic the world haven't settled yet because men and women haven't reported it's over So everybody is living fearful. When he told Jairus, fear not, that's the first thing he said. What he was saying is, don't be afraid, don't be alarmed, believe only. You got to get rid of that first. Don't let fear dominate you. Whether we know it or not, some of you might know, fear causes your immune system to get weak. And when your immune system get weak, everything is invited to come in through fear. So this is why he tell us fear not. Because God know what fear does. It puts you in a panic. It puts you in a worry. And it seems like it drains everything out of you. You begin, you become weak. Have you ever been so fearful you become weak and feel like you can't even walk? You can't even think straight? That's fear there. That's panic there. 
How do you get rid of it? You got to cast it down because it's coming through your thoughts. It's coming through what you heard. Now, why would Jesus immediately say after they gave him the report, the rule of the synagogue said, don't trouble the master no longer. It's no point. Your daughter's dead. Jesus heard it, but he didn't react to what he heard. He only reacted to what he believed. He said, fear not. Only believe. So when we're hearing these reports on the pandemic, we're not believing in what God is saying. We're reacting according to what they are saying. And we're trying to find ways to make sure we're covering all the bases. I tell you, you get tired if you cover all them bases. You will get very tired if you cover all those bases. So this is why we have to live by faith. Because it's not a person in here. I, I believe when you have a daily routine, you have to get into a routine of doing what they say. Because now you got people wearing masks that's looking like uh, zombies. They're getting a little, you don't know what you're coming. You don't even know if you're coming up on a robber to tell you the truth. Because everybody's got the different color masks. And then, you know, people got the sayings on the mask dealing with Jesus. And actually, some people that's wearing the mask with the sayings on the mask dealing with Jesus, they ain't really dealing with Jesus. They're just glad they got a covering over their nose and mouth. So they're putting Jesus out there, but they ain't talking about Jesus, but they got the saying about Jesus. When we truly trust him, no matter what man say, we don't move. We're shaking, but we don't move. So Jesus was encouraging Jairus. Jairus, he was telling him, fear not. Believe only me, trust in me, rely on me, depend on me. That's what he was telling him. He said, fear not, don't you be afraid, don't you be alarmed, trust in me, depend on me. Your daughter is alive. That's what he was telling him. But the next step that Jesus did was, and this is what all of us should be doing. He only took with him those that he knew that believed in his word. He only took, let's see who he took. Go back to Luke, the eighth chapter. And it says in Luke, the eighth chapter, in verse 51, and when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in. Wonder why? Wonder why? Save Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the maiden. Wonder why? We're suffering too many people to hang with us. That's in doubt. That's in unbelief. You following people in and out the mall, that's scurred. With the mask on. That everything you touch, where's your sanitizer? Y'all, this is funny. This is hilarious here. I was in the mall and, you know, they used to let you try on clothes, but they don't do it now. So when I got up to the register where the girl was, I said, let me ask you a question. You telling me I can take these clothes home? I can try on all these clothes. And if they don't fit me, I can bring them all back to you. Yeah, as long as you have your tag. I said, what sense did that make? Well, we're trying to make sure everything is sanitized. You don't know me. I could be one that want to spread something. So just bring them back. I say, so what you do? 
Well, we sanitize. I said, mm, wouldn't it be easier if they're in the dressing room and they're trying it on to leave it there and then y'all sanitize it and put... And we believe in man. And we believe in man. So I believe some of y'all is really, see, before the pandemic came, I would take my clothes and I would speak over them. Because I don't know who tried on that. I don't know if a witch tried it on. So I said, I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I take authority over this shirt. <laughs> I take authority over what I'm putting on because I don't know who had their behind in it. I don't know what they left in it. Have y'all ever thought about that before the pandemic? You don't know who was snotting all over it and taking the shirt and putting it up to their nose and wiping themselves with it. I'm helping you out here. You don't know, then you take it home and you think you clean and you got germs all over you and you wonder, and now you're worried about a COVID-19 and this was going on before COVID? Somebody got to help people think. And we trust in man. Y'all, this is funny. We'll go into academy sports or somewhere and we want to get sneakers or we want to get something to make sure it's right. The first thing we do, we get a salesman to come over there and we trust the salesman with our feet to make sure they're measuring it right, to make sure we're getting the right shoe. And we'll ask them, which one do you think is best for me? And they'll tell you this one. Okay, I get that one. You took them at their word. Let's be honest. Come on, let's tell the truth. Shame the devil. Wherever we go, lawyers' offices, doctors' offices, whatever office we go into, accountants, wherever we go, we ask them the question because we trust them with our life. Do we not? We trust them with our life. We ask them, and whatever they tell us is best for us, that's what we do. We believe in that, so whatever you believe in is going to work for you, even though it might not be right. Because once your body gets used to an antibiotic, once it gets used to a Tylenol, any kind of pill it gets used to, it becomes immune to it, it don't work no more because your body doesn't build up the tolerance for it. My sister had told me this. There was a lady years ago that was hurting so bad and they gave her the most powerful pill it was in the hospital. That pill was powerful, she said. They gave it to the lady. The lady said, I am still hurting. They said, there's nothing else we can give you. We done gave you the best thing that anybody could have. She said, I'm still hurting. Let me tell you what they did. They gave her a baby, a baby aspirin. They gave it to her and they said, how you feeling? Later on. She said, I feel good. So the next thing was the psychiatrist. Y'all don't get it? Come on, y'all don't get it? Anybody getting this? This is why God said you got to live by faith. Because now y'all, check this, I'm going to shine another light. Because God tell you, saying believe only. When they diagnose somebody with COVID, where they sent them? With what? Nothing. They send you home with nada. Not one thing. But you got your diagnosis. <laughs> you got it. 
stay in the house for 14 days. Ain't nothing we can do. Just lock yourself off. Don't come out. Don't go around nobody. And can I tell you something? People are walking around with it every day, and you don't know. But when they tell you, all of a sudden you go into panic. I've been around you this long. You ain't told me you had some COVID-19. Well, what you didn't know didn't hurt you, so what's wrong with you now? <laughs> You've been spitting all in my face. Been sitting at my table. Using my toilet. Now you worse off than they were. Were in their back to work. That's what your mind do for you, right? Come on, let's be honest. So that's why he's saying, believe only. Only believe. Believe what? Believe my word. That's all you got, y'all. That's all that's going to help you is his word. How can we believe the word? Because the Bible say everything else is going to pass away. But the Bible say his word is the only thing that's going to stand. That's what it says. He said, and then he promised, he said, my word ain't going to come back void to me. He said, the word that I send, he said, it's going to accomplish that which I please. It's not coming back up here void. It's going to go down there just like the rain and snow water the earth and it bring forth. He said, that's what my word's going to do. It's going to bring forth because I'm not going to be made ashamed of. So what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe man over me? What's wrong with you people? Y'all, this is no joke. This is why I cut stuff off at the root. Mm -mm. It's not coming back to me in my house. I refuse to hear that. Because what whatever you around so long, whatever field you're in, that's what you're going to come to believe because that's what you see in every day. God don't make you a nurse just to put you in the hospital just to give out medications. He puts you there to give them faith in him. Yes, he does, and not in man. Wherever he puts you, he wants you to present him and not man. Because it's not about you, it's all about him. Have you ever been in a place and you were going through and somebody would come up to you and they would give you the word? God put them there for you. God is giving you something outside of what you heard. Because man is only going to give you what they have learned. If they have not learned the word of God, that's what they're going to give you. So we can't fault man. We can't get mad at man. They're doing what they have studied. You can't get mad with the lawyer when the lawyer is telling you what the law says. You have to say thank you for that. But I choose to believe this. They'll get mad at you. Their pride will begin to come out and say, well, you're going to jail. Believe that. Well, yes, that's what you say. That's what the law say. But that ain't what my God said. So when you get in court, all the charges look like this is what you're supposed to get. And the judge says, I'm dismissing this case. And the lawyer is saying, that ain't what the law said. And then you look at them and say, that's what my God said. And God is over law. Y'all, he's coming in here with all of this for a reason. He's coming in this to show us it ain't over yet. It is not over. Because the Lord showed me in a dream 
two nights ago. I went in the grocery store, got dropped off at the door, and I looked as I got out the car. It was a dog peeping around the corner like he was a watchdog. So when I got up in the store, part of one part of the store was dark. And the part of the store that was dark is where all the canned goods were. So you had to go down there and you had to search to try to find them. Even though they were there, you couldn't find what you were looking for. So I said, okay. Then all of a sudden they shut down that area. And if you didn't come out of there before they shut down that area, you got locked in that area. So I was coming to the register and I looked again and I saw a black, um, what you call it? It's not a lion, it's black. A panther? A panther pouncing down the aisles, lowered like this, ready to jump. So I said, Lord, what are you showing me? It's a shortage coming. These things are coming. So this is why you got to hear God and know what God is saying and see that um, panther represents darkness. That dog represents darkness. The dog was outside as a watchdog. When you got into that store, that panther was going down the miles looking to see who he could attack. So God is preparing us, y'all, through this word. He's showing us to live by faith. You got to build yourself up in this word. You cannot depend on what the news is saying. The news is there, but it's news, y'all. It ain't the good news. We go on the good news, not the news. And whatever they're saying that's, con that's contradicting the good news, we flip it. Our problem is we're not flipping it. We're agreeing with it. Yes, that's what you're saying. But that's not what he said. If you're going to watch it, flip it right then. We're reporting everything that we're watching, but we want to report truth. They said this today. I need some people to touch and agree with me because the word is saying this. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're getting mad at them. We're getting mad at them. Do y'all know that's man? Man is going to fail you. Man is going to make mistakes. That's just man. Everybody in this room make mistakes. You lie. Some people steal and don't even know they're stealing. If somebody leave a pen in here and you pick it up and take it without asking who it belonged to, you a thief. Somebody said, amen, it must have been a thief often. Anything you do outside of the word that don't line up with the word is sin. He who is not in faith is in. That's the truth. So why do we get mad at a man or a woman who acts crazy when all of us do it? We pray for one another. If I see Kwana acting a certain way, I'm going to have to pray for Kwana because I'm knowing that ain't Kwana. And no, she ain't been acting like that, that I know of. <laughs> I'm going to pray for Kwana. I ain't going to call Julia and say, Julia, Kwana done gone off a rocker. What's wrong with her? No, I'm going to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that's not Kwana. So, devil, you loose her right now in the name of Jesus. And whatever is trying to come in her house to attack her house, to attack her, we rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. And we command it to go in the name of Jesus. Now, the spirit of life, which is the word of God, go through that house. That's what we do. 
We don't sit up here. Sometimes we try to figure it out. You know why we try to figure it out? We want to get in your business. When we try to figure stuff out too much, we just want to get in somebody's business. And the Lord reminds me, he says, now that you know what you're going to do, how are you going to help? How did that help you that they got a new car? How did that help you that they got a new house? How did that help you that they got on a new outfit? How did that help you? Well, actually, it didn't. So why are you in their business? Have y'all ever asked yourself that? Believe only. Trust in him right now with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But acknowledge him in all your ways. And the Bible give you a promise that he shall direct your path. Y'all, we got to stop long enough to recognize that there is a God in heaven. Moses knew his ways. They knew his acts. Knowing his ways is knowing his character. That's why Moses said, I'm not going to go another further. Unless you go with me. Unless your presence go with me. God, show me your way. Show me your ways, God. I need to know your ways. I done saw you depart the Red Sea. I done saw you rain down bread from heaven. But God, I need to know you personally. I need to have such an intimacy with you that I'm not going on miracles. I'm going on knowing you personally. And then God said, oh my goodness. See, he's showing him his ways. Oh my goodness is going to bypass you, Moses. See, this is why it didn't last with the Israelites because they saw the miracles but they didn't get to know him not the way Moses did we say we know him right when you know him you become like him because you don't spend the time I spend with my daddy and I talk to him my husband pick on me sometimes so me and my husband can be talking to him I look at you with them shoulders like your daddy and <laughs> you know he picks on me and I pick on him So the thing is, you show attributes of your family. People can spot a walker (laughs) a mile off, but you got another side of the family they never say you're a part of. But it's a part of a a side of a family that show more light than the other side, and they can tell you, that's who. I know, I know, mm -hmm. you're a walker. Who told you that? Some of us that don't want to be a walker be like, I ain't no walker. Don't put me in the category with them. Or they may come to you and say, I met your sister. What's her name? Mary, I don't know no Mary. Because Mary's out there strung out. So you don't want to know Mary. See, because they're going by people's characteristics. They're going by their ways. But if they say, oh, I met your sister Mary. She's such a beautiful person inside and out. She'll give you her last. You must be her sister. Oh, yes, I am. That's my sister. That's my girl. We pray all the time. But if Mary was a prostitute, a drug addict, I ain't got no sister named Mary. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't, don't be putting me in the category with her. I don't know nothing about no Mary. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the ever-burning fire. I don't know nothing about no Mary. Some of us already done it. But just because they're that way, and you're showing the characteristics of God, Guess what? They ain't trying to compare you. They're knowing there's a difference. So this is why Moses wanted to know his ways. Y'all, when we spend time with our Heavenly Father, we become like him. 
We begin to do things the way he do it and not the way we want to do it. We don't hold grudges because my father don't hold, hold grudges. He taught me to forgive, so you already forgiven. I don't have to have unforgiveness in my heart against you because you've done what you've done. My father taught me how to love you through what you've done, and that's who I am. Because I represent him, because I spend time with him. I spend time with his word and things that I don't know. I go search the word so the word can tell me so I can represent who I am in him and not who I was. I'm representing the new creation in me and it's still talking about believing only. This is all I can believe. This is how I was raised. There's no other way for me. When he tell you, Corrupt communication. What is the scripture about um, evil communication? What? Say it again, Apostle. Corrupt good manners. So if you're hanging around evil, it's going to corrupt who you are in him. It's going to make you look like you the other person. But the more you hang around the word, that's what you become. Nobody have to make you become it. That's what you live, y'all. That's what you believe, and you don't go for nothing else. And no matter how people hate you, you still love because you're going by the attributes and the ways of your father. That's what believing is. That's what living by faith is, believing, trusting, relying on God in such a time as this because, y'all, things have been popping up. I mean, really popping up. I have to stay so focused to say, God, that ain't what you said. God, that ain't what you said, so I refuse to believe that because your mind will take over your body. If you let your mind run rapid, it will have you in a mess. It will have you in a, it will have you in a mess. So you have to say, wait a minute, you running off too much and coming back home. I'm going to put a stop to you today. You've been all over the place. Now it's time for me to shut you down because that's not God. That represents the world, and I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. So I'm only going to believe what God has to say. And the believing starts with a transformed mind and being not conformed to this world and what the world is doing. Live according to your Father. And I guarantee you, you'll make it through this pandemic. You'll make it through whatever's popping up, whatever's showing up. Live according to the word and speak the word only. I'm going to leave a scripture with you. Go to Psalms 143, verse 8. And this is what I ask the Father every morning. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. For I lift up my soul unto thee. And that's what we need to be doing. Seeking him first. And as we seek him first, we already know that whatever is going to take place in the day, daddy already know about it. And he's going to help me get through it. Whatever pop up, he's going to help me get through it because he knows better than I do because he is all knowing. Amen. So I'm going to leave with you today. Only believe. Believe only, just like Jesus. Get those naysayers, those unbelievers that's around you. Get them away from you. Shut the door to them. 
I don't care who it is. Take in those that believe what you believe. And their life is showing it. They're not just saying it, but they're believing it. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. When Jesus done that, and he told that damsel to arise, she arose. He said, now give her something to eat. (laughs) Jesus already knew that she was going to rise up before he went in there. You got to know what's going to happen before you move. You got to know that God is not going to change. You got to have your mind set on things above and not on things of this earth. Set it on things above. Every day, keep it set. If it's getting unset, set it back. Say, God, that's not what you said. And quit listening to what happened to others, thinking that's going to happen to you. Because we're hearing so much about death, y'all. And every death we hear, they're reporting. It's because of COVID-19. And they already reported that if a person is terminally ill and they test them for covid They're going to say COVID killed them, even though they were already terminally ill, getting ready to go out of here. They're going to labor it COVID because you get paid for COVID-19. That's what they said. So we have to be so careful. Everything you hear don't mean it's true. So you can't go on that because that's what they're going to come up with. The man that got beat up or killed. Couldn't breathe. They say he had COVID. He died of COVID. Y'all, come on. Let the light come on through the word. They got to blame something to get paid. So we have to watch as well as pray. Apostle had just given me a report. Someone stood in line to take the COVID test. They stayed there too long. They had signed their name, but they left. Correct, Apostle? A few days later, they got a letter saying, you've been diagnosed with COVID. (laughs) Is that true? They didn't even test them for COVID. But they got it. You have different cases, y'all. I'm just telling you different cases. I'm not saying COVID ain't out here. COVID been out here for years, ain't it, darling? It's just different strands of COVID. You just find out about this strand, but it's been in the hospitals for years. You just ain't heard about it until it hit China, and the China traveled over here, and now everybody in. You don't hear everything that go on in these hospitals. Only thing people say while they're in there, just shoot me up, give me a pill. I'm hurting. They ain't thinking about COVID nothing. Just get me out of here. (laughs) Then after they get out of there, they find out they contracted something else while they was in there. Then they ask them where that come from. Then it's on the news. It was already there. Nobody knew about it. Y'all ain't nothing new under the sun. So we have to believe. We have to believe. We got to believe what God is saying. It's time to believe. Amen. I'm going to leave you with this song that the Lord woke me up with one morning. And Thea, I pray that you got it. My life is in your hands. Kurt Franklin. And I think the uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir sings it too. My life is in 
your hand. God will wake you up and he will show you what we need to do and how we need to do it. I'm telling you, he will, com- he will confirm his word through a song. He'll do it through his word. He'll do it through other people to let you know you're doing exactly what I need for you to do. My life is in your hands. Then you might have to hit YouTube. Hallelujah. While she's getting that song ready, do we have any visitors at this time? Hallelujah. Okay. Do we have any announcements? Any new announcements? Erica? announcement is from the ushers and greeters the ushers and greeters would like to thank you for your patience and cooperation during this pandemic please be courteous and obedient if we if we ask you to move we are doing this for your safety and following the cdc guideline thank you again ushers and greeters amen I'm up here on behalf of Outreach. Just want to remind everyone about Hardcore for Jesus. Um, It's a drive-through and pickup this year. It's going to be this coming Saturday, August 1st at 10 to 1 p.m. And today is the last day to give in to that. We are accepting $5 donation um, gift cards and money. Thank you. And please let everybody know that it is a drive-through because we do have... um, you know, something that we wanted to sow into the children's lives this year. So please, put it on your Facebook. You know, I know it's a lot of people on Facebook that you know. Let it run through Facebook so people know that we do have these bags available for the children this year. All right, Athea, my life is in your hands. Are you working on it? She's working on it. Any more announcements? Anything else that we missed so far? Okay, then we're going to get ready to uh, close out, and once Athea get that ready, we'll close out with that song. And I want to thank everybody in Miracle Temple for helping us um, with the different things that need to be done so we can go forward with Sunday services and Clem School on Tuesday nights. I give God glory that we're still able to meet that you're still able to get the word because, you know, some people are not in the churches at this point. You know, they're not meeting the way that they need to meet. So I thank God that we can come together and we're coming together in love and we're coming together believing only. Amen? Believing only what he's saying and not what we're hearing. So let's continue to trust him. All right, Athea.
I know that y'all are ready to go, but God is leading me to pray for the sick, for those that's going through in your body. It may not be you. It could be somebody that's watching. So, Father God, we just honor you. We thank you. We glorify you on this day. God, we come before you, Father God, not asking for healing, but we commanding it today because you have already given it to us. So, God, I command healing to your people today from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. God, wherever there is pain in their body, I command the pain to go in Jesus' name. I command the blind to see. I command the lame to walk. I command the deaf to hear. I command incurable sickness and diseases to go right now in Jesus' name. I command tomas and growths to go in Jesus' name. God, we thank you right now that by Jesus' stripes we were already healed. Not going to be healed, but we already healed. So we're going to go our way. Believing that it's already done, God, not trying to check it out, not trying to figure it out, but knowing that your word shall not change, it remains the same. And Father, for those right now, God, that are in a financial crisis, that are in need, God, of money, whatever they may be in the need of, I command, Father God, that spiritual blessings, that the blessings of the Lord today makes them rich and adds no sorrow to it. I speak that they're blessed in the city, they're blessed in the fields, they're blessed in their storehouses. God, they're blessed coming in, they're blessed going out. Everything their hands touch is blessed. You have blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places by Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus. So we thank you that provision is made right now in the name of Jesus. For you have supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we thank you and we praise you. And I speak peace be still in Jesus name. And we are dismissed. Hallelujah.